welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad that you could join me today, and uh, we're going to kind of pick up where we left off last week. I addressed a, a question that probably every Christian faces at some point in their life, and that's, how do I know if I'm really saved? Uh, this week, we're going to follow up with the second question, how do I know that what I believe is true? And this particular question really hits close to home for me because uh, when that doubt hit my life, uh, it came at a time when I would have never expected it, and it really shook me to the core. Uh, to give you a, an idea of, of what happened, I had uh, I'd been a Christian for about 21 years, uh, grew up in the church, grew up in home Bible studies, um, went to uh, a Christian junior high school, um, and then after college, I went out onto the mission field for two and a half years, and then the church that I was uh, attending for quite some time brought me on staff as an assistant pastor. So here I am with all this under my belt as far as my Christian life and ministry, and one day, literally out of the blue, I got hit with this doubt that hit me like a storm uh, as to whether or not what I believed was true or was it just stuff that I believed because I grew up with it and that's pretty much all I knew, which really wasn't the case because when I was in college, I studied world religions, comparative religions, so I had some uh, idea of, of what was out there, but for whatever reason, all of a sudden I had this 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 battle going on in my heart. Was God real? Was the Bible true? Did Jesus really raise from the dead? And to give you an idea of what I went through, uh, this particular battle or storm uh, took took about three months for me to to get through. And I would dare say that it was probably the worst three months of my life uh, because everything that I had built my life around, everything that uh, I had poured myself into in ministry uh, kind of came crashing down, or at least if it didn't come crashing down, uh, it got r hit really hard. And I was shaken to the core. And so not knowing what to do, uh, I just started reading my Bible more and praying more. And I wish I could say that, you know, hey, that really made an immediate difference, but it didn't. For, for really the course of the entire three months, it felt like uh, I was just reading pages and praying to the ceiling, not really getting anywhere. Now, that wasn't the case. I didn't, uh, I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere, but I was. From the spiritual standpoint, I was getting somewhere. I was pressing in closer to the Lord, but it didn't feel like I was getting anywhere at the time. And so what I decided to do was, well, I'll just start reading biographies of ministers and missionaries and pastors that I really respected to see if they had had this experience and how they got through it. And sure enough, as I was reading through these, these accounts, they all had this time in their life where they doubted what they believed and what they had put their, their faith and hope in. But what I realized was every one of them came through that storm a different way. 
And for some of them, it was just a little bump in the road, and uh, it came and went, and that was the end of it. And for some others, it was uh, a more difficult mountain to climb. And kind of that's where I was at. It was more of a mountain than a bump. Uh, and I realized after reading these things that there wasn't going to be a quick fix. There wasn't going to be a simple answer. Uh, it was going to be between me and God, and it was going to take some time. And over the course of that time, I just kept pressing forward because I didn't know where else to go. So I kept going to the Lord. Uh, I didn't have anybody to talk to except my wife, which was great because she was there, she was praying for me, she was encouraging me, uh, and I really needed that support in this time of, of my life. And the way that I got through it was after about two and a half months, God impressed upon me, and I knew it was God telling me to do this, and it was simply to read Isaiah chapter 40 through 66. And so I did. Over the course of about two weeks, I methodically went through and I read those chapters. And there wasn't anything earth shattering. There wasn't anything that was this incredible revelation and everything became clear. Really, it was just, I think, an exercise in obedience because a lot of it I, I was already familiar with. But I did it. And then at the end of that time frame, the, the end of the, the couple of weeks that I was reading uh, Isaiah, and uh, really the end of this three-month period, God had me look back upon my life and remember the times that I knew that he was moving in my life, the times that he was working and making things happen. And as I did that, going back to the very first time that I prayed a prayer, crying out to God, and God answered right then. I was seven years old, and, uh, and God answered my prayer, and he, he moved. And from that point forward through my whole life where I saw God moving in my life and in my parents' lives and, and working on my behalf. And at that point, that's when everything opened up. That's when the storm cleared, the sun came out again, and I understood that everything I believed was true. I understood that God was real, God was there, Jesus loved me, and it all came together. So I say all that because if you're, if you're facing this kind of a, a battle, this kind of a storm in your life, uh, there's, there's really nothing you can do than really press into the Lord and weather the storm with him, and he'll get you through. But in this, I want to give you some things that will give you some foundation for your, your relationship with the Lord as a whole that is just going to give you a strong foundation to grow in the Lord. Uh, and then some other things that you can put into your toolbox that when and if the storm of, of doubt comes, you're able to address it. And even though you're going to have to go through the storm, you're going to have that, that firmer foundation to stand upon. So the first thing that uh, I want you to consider is that 
for every one of us, we need to be working on a relationship with the Lord. We need to be building our relationship with Him. And the first way to do that is by just talking to Him. You know, the spiritual word is prayer, but it's just talking with God, having a two-way conversation with Him. And it's something that we need to do all day, every day. So as you're going through your day and things are coming up and things are happening, maybe something at home or something at work uh, or a need or an idea that you have or, or whatever the case may be, you could take it to the Lord and talk to him about it in your car, in your room, out you know, working in the yard, on a bike ride, whatever you might be doing. You can take those things to the Lord and talk to him about them and God will answer. And it may be that he answers audibly. He does that from time to time. But most of the time, it's that still small voice. It's where God will give us an idea or an impression or this this conviction that uh, we need to do something. Or he'll use circumstances to guide and direct us as we're trying to chart a course for our lives. Uh, he uses people to talk to us. He uses his word to talk to us. And so we need to just be attentive to, to looking for those times where he's responding to our prayer. Because prayer is a two-way road. We're talking to God and God is answering and talking to us. So that's critical. Every relationship depends upon a good line of communication between the two parties. Uh, Another thing is that you need to know the Word of God. And a lot of Christians will read the Bible. A lot of them read the Bible just once in a while or when they go to church. But we really need to know the Bible. And to do that, that means we have to be in it regularly. And I, I know a lot of people, and I've had this too, where you just say, well, I don't know where to begin. I don't know what to read, or it just doesn't make sense to me. So here's some things that, that you can do. Number one, start with a version of the Bible that you're comfortable with. Um, the the three versions that I think are really great because they are uh, trying to hold as literally as possible to the original scriptures are the New American Standard Bible, the English Standard Version, and the New King James. Fantastic translations of the Bible, and they read well. But there's also some like uh, the NIV. Uh, that's a good version as well. Um, but but pick something that you're comfortable with, that makes sense to you. And as far as how to read through it and understand it, I would really suggest getting some type of a, a Bible study tool. One that uh, really has helped me and a lot of people is um, Halley's Bible Handbook. It's small, easy to understand, easy to get through. And there's stuff in there for every book of the Bible and almost every chapter of the Bible where if you're not sure what something means or you're trying to get the background and the, the idea of what's happening, uh, it's a great resource. You just delve into it and it'll help you understand the passage that you're reading. Uh, 
And then you need to have some type of a roadmap how to study the Bible. And I would really suggest going through the Bible in a year. There's a lot of through the Bible plans uh, online. Uh, and something you might want to consider too is doing it chronologically. Reading the Bible in a year in a chronological order because what happens when you do that is you get this incredible bird's eye view of the Bible. You're going through it fairly quickly and instead of reading book by book or chapter by chapter, you're reading incident by incident, situation by situation. And so you might be reading in the book of First Chronicles, but it's going to be pulling in things from First Samuel and maybe uh, uh, Amos and Jeremiah and, and other places in the scripture where you begin to see the Bible tied together and it's a great way to study the Bible. And for me, when uh, I was really kind of dry and trying to figure out how to freshen up my time in the Word, that's what I started doing and it really opened up the scriptures to me and, and really tied a lot of loose ends together for me. So those are a couple of things that are important. And then also doing things with the Lord. And relationships are built as we do stuff with other people. And if God puts it on your heart to do something, maybe it's uh, to serve in your church, maybe a short-term missions trip, maybe to pray for somebody, maybe to go reach out to a person that you see in your neighborhood or in the park uh, that looks like they, they need a, a shoulder to lean on. And just reaching out as God works with us and God works through us, it really is an encouragement uh, because you see God moving and you're a part of that and it can't but encourage you that hey God is real and he's moving and he's using me and it's really exciting and our relationship with him grows. So those are some things that I think really help build our foundation and relationship with the Lord uh, and help us grow just as a general basis for, for our lives. And then when it comes to the issues of, of, is what I believe really real? Is it true? We need to consider that God never asks people to trust him or believe just because. When you look through the Bible, God is always doing things to show his faithfulness, his power, his authority, that he's got a plan, that he's got a direction, and that he can be trusted. You look in the Old Testament and how you know, God delivered Israel out of the land of Egypt with the parting of the Red Sea and the plagues, and he led them through the wilderness, and he fed them, and he gave them water, and he provided for them for the entire time. Even though they were rebellious at times, he was faithful, and he was showing his presence and his power in their lives. And you continue to go on through in the book of Judges and the Kings and, and the prophets. And God is continually giving evidence through you know, his, his actions that he can be trusted. And in the New Testament, it's no different. Everything that Jesus did, 
gives us evidence of his faithfulness, his power, his presence, his love, and that we can trust him. And even with the resurrection, you know, Thomas didn't believe, the disciples didn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And so when he appeared to them for the disciples, they were freaking out and thinking, hey, this is a ghost. And Jesus says, hey, do you have anything to eat? And so they gave him some broiled fish, and here he is. He's eating food in front of them, and he's with them. Uh, and they're able to touch him, and they realize, okay, this has really happened. Jesus has risen from the dead. And with Thomas, Jesus lays it out to him. It's like, look, here I am. You want to put your fingers in the holes in my hands? Here they are. If you want to put your hand in my side, here you are. And he falls at Jesus' feet and he says, my Lord and my God. And so his belief was based in reality, in truth. And that's really critical. We need to understand that we are not believing an ideology or a religion or mythology or philosophy. The Bible is a history book. These things really happened. When, when I was in college, I studied uh, Middle Eastern archaeology uh, and, and biblical archaeology. And my professor told us time and time again, and understand, he was not a Christian, but as an archaeologist, he said, the Bible is the most accurate history book there is. And that just because we don't find something uh, today that the Bible says happened doesn't mean it didn't happen. All it means is we haven't found it yet. And over the years, uh, as I've, I've continued to, to look at uh, biblical archaeology and even spent some time in Israel, uh, time and time again, things pop up that just prove that what the Bible says is true about history. And so this is, this is something that we can rest on. We are putting our faith in a God who moved in history and those works are documented in the Word of God and in archaeology. So that's an encouragement, I think. Uh, so we're, we don't have blind faith. We're putting our faith in somebody who has been active in human history forever. Um, another thing that really can, can help you is to become familiar with apologetics. And apologetics is basically the defending of what you believe. And it's looking at facts, it's looking at philosophy, and reasoning through what we believe to show that there is evidence and rationale for what we believe. And there's some really good resources that you can can find on the internet and books and such that are a huge help. Um, C.S. Lewis is probably the greatest apologist of the 20th century. Uh, his book, Mere Christianity, is a great starting point. It really lays out a defense for what we believe. Uh, Josh McDowell, his book, A Ready Defense, is uh, a wonderful resource. It's easy and it covers a ton of topics and, and even deals with world religions. Uh, again, wonderful resource. 
And then you've got apologists out there like Oz Guinness uh, and John Lennox who are, are wonderful to listen to. And somebody that I really have enjoyed listening to as well is Alyssa Childers. And she has a podcast. It's called the Alyssa Childers Podcast. And uh, her ministry really began uh, because she was in this crisis of faith, wondering if what she believed was really real. And that has now become her ministry to help people uh, understand the truth of the Word of God and the truth and the facts behind what we believe. So those are some resources. And I think if, if we get those things under our belt, when the storms of doubt come, we have uh, a foundation that we can stand on. Uh, and I think the last thing that I want to give you is just make sure that you've got somebody you can talk to. Somebody that you can pour your heart out to who will understand you and stand with you and pray with you. Because if you're afraid of telling somebody that you're doubting the truth of Christianity, uh, that can be intimidating. It was for me, uh, especially in the situation I was in. I'd been a Christian for a long time, active in the church, an assistant pastor in the church. And I'm going to say I'm having doubts about this stuff. I was scared to death. And fortunately, you know, my wife was there for me and, and supported me and, and uh, prayed with me and prayed for me. And it makes so much of a difference to have somebody you can pour your heart out to. So, you know, find a friend or a pastor or a family member that you can really just be real with and uh, have them be praying with you and walking with you. And they may not have the answers, but they're a shoulder to lean on as you seek God for the answers and as you weather the storm. So I hope that uh, these things help you out. God will get you through it. He loves you. You're important to Him. And I think that when we have this, this storm of doubt hit our lives, even though it's really, really difficult, like I said, mine was the most miserable time of my life, I think. Even though it's so bad, the positive side to it is once we come through the storm, we're stronger for it. Uh, I, I heard an analogy, and, and I, I guess it's true, that uh, wind will do one of two things to a tree. It'll either break it or it'll strengthen it. And as that tree is rocked back and forth by the storms uh, throughout its years, it just becomes stronger and stronger and uh my hope for you is that when these storms hit, as you root yourself deeper in the Word of God, in your spending time with the Lord, doing things with the Lord, and the truths that can be found in, in apologetics, that when those storms hit, you're going to bend and, and sway with the storm and become stronger. So God bless you. Thanks for listening and be encouraged. The Lord wants you to grow and, and succeed in your walk with Him, probably more than you do. And uh, He loves you so much. Mm -hmm.